0: When the student is ready, the teacher appears. But when the student is truly ready, the teacher disappears. Lao, Zhu, I am Heath Armstrong, and this is Never Stop Peeking Wee!
1: It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. your schmuck friends piss their pants, get up and dance, rocket ship that booty, take a chance for your freedom, miggity milk that booby cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack what you're thinking, fuck no, you'll never stop peeking, weehoo, yo,
0: yo, 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 yo! Mm, how's it feeling? How's it feeling in that big, beautiful, maniac mind of yours? Are you continuing to push yourself to do things that you normally wouldn't do? Are you exploring avenues? Are you opening doors? Are you reaching out and meeting new people? Are you reaching out and touching new people? Are you getting enough hugs? We gotta have these hugs over masks, I'm telling you human touch is so important if you get stagnant if you get stationary if you get lost in the the ooze or the the gack remember gack or that nickelodeon slime if that's if that shit's all over you and it's keeping you in one place and you're not expanding your skill sets and you're not working on things that truly light you up if you're not outside playing in nature there's some problems there's some some stagnant energy there that can really affect you. I don't have all the answers, but I do know that as I continuously explore mysterious doors, they always lead to more mysterious doors, which lead to more mysterious doors, which keeps my curiosity thriving and continues to present opportunity to me to create new things, to meet new people, to come in contact with a congruence of, of my visions and all of the the worldly support that is there to help me. You got to keep exploring. You got to keep experiencing. Today, I want to talk about the fear of travel, the fear of getting out and traveling, and and of course, you know the the power uh, the power fest fear pumping that has been going on around the world throughout the last year and a half has really taken the fear of travel to a whole new level. Throughout that whole time, though, I continued to to do as much as I could to experience, to move around, to be within myself. And traveling doesn't necessarily have to mean geographic travel. It could be traveling deep inside of yourself internally to touch yourself, to feel yourself, to understand the deep, dark furnace burning inside of your soul, to uh, Finger all of your hoes that need to be filled with inspiration. There's a lot of things that you can do while exploring yourself internally or externally. And nothing in my life would be as it is had I not started poking my way through the massive wall of fear that I had about leaving a career or traveling or meeting new people. I mean, when I was, I was in, you know, I was comfortable with what I was doing. It was making me miserable, but I was numbing that with substance, right? And we all do this on a, a brief scale. We all do this more than ever right now because we've become fucking cyborgs with technology. Every time you pull your fucking phone out and pull that screen down to refresh it on one of your apps, that is just as bad as any fucking drug. I promise you and removing yourself from these things these routines that suck your energy in and overtake your mind and basically use all of your your livelihood at the expense of yourself for somebody else you know that is a it's a dangerous game to play one of the most incredibly powerful things i ever did was finally overcome my fear of traveling to get out into the world and to start meeting new people and in that, I was able to actually go deep within myself and start this travel of sort of an internal exploration of who I am, who I want to be. It's hard to, to have ideas of the type of person you can become or the, the things that you can create without coming into contact with anybody else who's different than you. If you stay in the same place that you've always been, it's just the same thing over and over again. Every day is exactly the same. There is no love here and there is no pain. It's just this weird comfort zone. Every day is the same. But by getting out and exploring and seeing things in in ancient, you know, archaeological structures of these vast civilizations and the way that cultures are so much different than they are in the place that you grew up, it'll really fucking knock your ego down. It'll really humble you. It'll really make you question everything. And that's exactly the type of question meaning that we want. That type of questioning is what drives curiosity. It's what allows you to push yourself forward to seek mystery. So it allows you to walk down the fucking street and notice something like a beautiful piece of architecture or a beautiful person who's doing something much different than you and wondering, wow, I wonder where they came from. I wonder what their life has been like. I wonder what their point of view is on this. And I want to respect that point of view, even if I don't agree on it based on the structure and the the rules and the way that I've been taught growing up. How do you unlearn everything you've ever known? Start fucking traveling and meeting people that you've never met before. Start traveling and experiencing things that you've never done before. That is how you unlearn everything that you've ever learned. Because when you unlearn, you actually strip away all the layers to discover who you truly are. There is a Kickstarter running right now created by one of my friends, Jason Robo Robinson. And it is a fundamentally incredible, and I mean, it, like really, truly, this is something I wish I would have had four years ago when I started traveling or six years ago, whenever it was. It is a, a roadmap. It is a burst of, of motivation. It's a burst of help you discover inspiration within yourself to overcome fear, to overcome emotional damage from the way that you've been sort of taught to be your entire life by these structures that have been in place since you were born, to overcome an abundance mindset of not having enough financial help uh, to be able to do it, to overcome um, a timeline mindset of I can't do this because I only have this much time and I can't actually go and experience these things or travel or to even overcome the thought that you have too much responsibility to be able to travel. He has created a wonderful system that in the most non-overwhelming way possible walks you through how to go from having an idea that you may want to travel or maybe not even thinking that you want to travel at all. If you're in that mindset, then you got some serious work to do because travel will help everything, everything. It'll change your life forever, and you will never go back. Um, to go from these limited mindsets to actually being able to get on your feet in a foreign place in a comfortable way enough, right, but then, of course, working your way through that comfortableness to, to really push your boundaries and to expand your mind and to juice up that fucking sexy, creative, maniac mind that you have. This Kickstarter is running. It's almost fully funded, but we need a little help. And so I have Jason on today, and he's going to talk about some of these strategies in his story. And it's really, really good stuff. If you want to check the, the link now for the Kickstarter, it's at heatharmstrong.com forward slash robo. And I put that in the show notes. So if you go to any of the app that you're listening on, you can click that link, help us out, Um, help him out, really. I just think it's something that is really going to help people. And if this interests you, seriously, it's going to be good. He writes in a very direct, uh, gritty way. And I think because if you listen to this show and you like the stuff that I create and write, Jason has a, a similar angle with his voice. And I have seen the digital version of this already. Of course, he needs help getting it funded so he can print it. That's the thing about Kickstarter. Uh, and I know this because you know I went through Kickstarter and you all helped me fund that first sweet-ass affirmations deck and it meant the world to me and it changed my life forever. I want to see him get this funded and and have his life changed and set him on his path. And I want you to be able to reap the benefits of that if you are interested in traveling and you haven't quite come to a point of being able to get over that hurdle. Um forward slash Robo. Share it with your family and friends as well. I'm gonna dive right into this interview right now with Jason of the Nomad Experiment. Love you. Peace.
1: While
0: robo 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 welcome dude i uh, can only call you by the Christian name that you shouldn't be called by and there's a conundrum of too many jasons in the room but i feel like it kind of fits you in a lot of different ways robo particularly is a very chiseled idea of a mechanical sculpture of the perfect body in the eyes of a, a god and you've worked pretty hard to show those Show those, uh, show those gods that you're worthy, and you know that's a <laughs> that's something that really holds close to my heart. I we've been talking a little bit back and forth about the evolution of this project that you're working on, and I want to go right into the fact, the sheer fact that you have a Kickstarter running right now, and there's eight days left. <laughs> and you're getting close to hitting your goal. I think what I looked earlier this morning, it was at, I remember a six, it was 6069 of 6500. 69, of course, promiscuous <laughs> <briskous> number. <laughs> um, we need some help pushing this up. And I want to talk to anyone in the audience about travel within this podcast because this book in particular it's not really just it's not a book it's not like hey i'm traveling this is a a guided system to help someone overcome fear of traveling per se and i'm gonna let robo talk a little bit more about that in a second um i think it's important to to start that well if anyone wants to look at this right now you can go to heatharmstrong.com forward slash robo it's going to take you directly to the kickstarter page make it simple for you um i like that yeah, and the, the project is called The Beginner's Travel's Gu- Traveler's Guide to Going Nomad. This is really important to me and I think obviously really important to you because we were both in a place in our lives where travel seemed insane. We Neither one of us grew up like with families who would take us out of the country and travel and like learning it from a a young age, what it was like to experience cultures that were different from ours or to see parts of the world and different parts of nature that could inspire us in different ways. I mean, my family was in very much of a, a routine. The only place we went for vacation was a week down to my grandparents' house per year in South Carolina. And I never left the country till I was 28. Your story is even more sort of delayed from that a little bit, because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you started actually looking at the pursuit of traveling more around your late 30s, early 40s. And you hadn't really, had you traveled anywhere up to that point? Like, I know you were in, I think, US Canada, maybe, but.
2: Yeah, so similar upbringing, we camped and we hiked I'm from Ohio. So up until 18 years old, that's all we did, I think you know, once every two years, I, we would drive the family from Ohio to Arkansas for a camping trip um, down on family land. But, you know, <laughs> I didn't, I saw Canada once when I was 19. I saw London when I was 25. And it was one month before my 40th birthday that I took my first, you know, my third trip outside the U.S. and I, I bought a one-way ticket to Mexico to, to go, you know, try backpacking uh, for, for a while, which you know, that skips a good few years prior, but yeah, it was about 40 years old before I got um, really deep into traveling.
0: <laughs> okay. So I want to get into the reason why it took so long for you. I, I know for me, because of an overwhelm and a resistance and a fear of abundance to be able to support that, a fear of being able to take time away from my like, quote unquote, career jobs or whatever. I was working at a company that legit only gave me five vacation days per year. How are you supposed to fit any sort of travel into that? Uh, but I think people that even have more vacation tend to get stuck in a routine, in a comfort of not wanting to break out and leave what they're doing, especially when media channels are pumping so much fear like don't go here don't go there I mean it's hilarious the stuff that my parents would feed to me about Portland when I was living in Portland like about how it's the end of the world over there like can't travel to Portland <laughs> oh my god are you okay and I'm like everything is perfectly fine it's gorgeous the culture is incredible like none of that stuff they're pumping you is true in any way and I think a lot of that stopped me for a long time but when I think about travel in depthly, it really does bring up an overwhelm which is something that your, your guide that you've created, this, this journaling system, this, this action system that you've created on Kickstarter is helping people work through. It, it's the overwhelm of the idea of learning how and being okay with creating or, or flipping this coin over to do something that you've never done before. And even if you've done a little bit of travel, maybe you have a fear of doing more extensive travel, uh, longer periods of time and places that you don't have somebody waiting there for you to show you all of the ropes. Um, uh, I think life has two sides and there's a positive side and there's a negative side. And we want to build this fantasy around the idea that travel could be all positive. Right. And, and it's incredible, but then in deep down inside, we're thinking like, Oh my God, it's going to be all the negative stuff. Like, and I don't want to talk about it, but I'm scared of it. And Mm -hmm. it's really a slippery thing because the more that we, set up a fantasy that it only has this positive side, the more we're going to get depressed with what shows up when it doesn't match our fantasy. But the more that we actually dive deeply into this negative side and become okay with the pain and the fear of things that could happen. And we learn to, to stop. Actually, there is a Seneca quote that I was reading earlier today, which I really love That That sums the negative side up a little bit. It's, it's this worry about things that haven't happened yet. Right. And it was, there is nothing so wretched or foolish as to anticipate misfortunes, what madness it is and you are expecting evil before it arrives. And that's what I was always doing. Um, and and it kind of relates to anything that you do in life. So when it comes to travel, I truly, per, like personally, I truly believe it is the most life-changing thing that you can do because you it just breaks down all barriers and all routines and all things that you've ever believed were truth, you realize that it's completely different everywhere else, based on where you were portaled in through your mother's womb into the planet. Like you may have a completely different type of village. You may have a completely different type of political system or societal system or religion or whatever it is. Like, and it doesn't mean that we're all disconnected. It really just means that we all have so many different colors to share and everything would be much better if we all shared them. Um, if I go back to overwhelm really quickly, I think that it's really important to talk about the the idea that procrastination comes from three places, right? It comes from having an unclear vision. It comes from having an unchunked vision, which is basically, I like to say, too big of a beanstalk. So we think traveling to this place is way too big. It's going to cost way too much money or whatever. Unclear. I don't really know where I want to travel or why. And then the, the last one is your visions aren't really linked to your highest values. Uh, I, I have a hard time believing that there's anyone out there that unless it's just complete internal fear convincing you that you don't like travel, that you actually don't like traveling. It's most people that say that haven't done it. And they've been taught that, that there's nothing good in the world. And I just want to stay here and like, you know, shove things in my mouth while I watch my tube or whatever. I really truly believe that anyone that actually gets put into a travel situation that can be enjoyable for them will never look back and will always get that bug and start wanting to have at least some sort of an experience of that. That could be traveling out of your county. Some people never leave their county. It's you know that's a whole other type of life. It could be traveling across the state border it could be going across the country border next to where you're from and then eventually hopping around the world and trying to figure out maybe how to live your life while traveling, which is what uh, Robo, Jason, obviously, Jason Robinson, first name for anyone who's might be wondering at this point, um, what you've been able to do. So I, what I see with your project is that you're helping people unchunk this fear or this exciting vision of how they can start traveling and it breaks down the barriers and through this process, it, it helps people realize that it's really not that big of a deal. And even if it is, these are the things that I can do to work through that and to make myself comfortable to take that leap. And you know, even though most people that start don't know, and I didn't know when I was 28 and starting to travel, and uh, you probably didn't know it until you were 40 and started to travel. You know, on the other side of that, it's like once you do it, the world becomes it's like, oh, there's a lot of smiles here. This is magical. I mean, every time I'm sitting in a foreign country and like I'm just getting schooled on something by somebody local, like about how you know ridiculously naive or whatever I am, I'm always just smiling like, wow, this is just breaking me the fuck down in so many ways. I can't even like explain. So um, I guess so I want to start really quickly as to how was <laughs> how it, going through that process of like figuring out that you wanted to travel. And I know that we both kind of came through learning and and looking up towards things like Jason's zero to travel or Travis's extra pack of peanuts many years ago, like hearing interviews of other people traveling that has always inspired us. And, and I think it inspires a lot of people that have access to podcasting and things like that. But once you started to actually travel, you had some big things happen. One, a year into it, you were diagnosed as a type one diabetic, which is something that I don't have any words to be able to explain because it hasn't happened to me, right? So I would love Mm -hmm. to hear about the fear of actually starting and then how you continue to move forward through that, uh, that big scary gremlin that showed up. Like, how did you transform that into something that actually encouraged you to travel more as opposed to using it as an excuse to not travel at all? Because I think- most people, they, they, one thing happens and then it's this big excuse to be able to pull yourself out of the thing that you really truly want to do. But now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't, I, I'm scared again and I'm not going to do it. Uh, you, you're a prime example of something that has really flourished uh, with that. And I've seen you have your lows, right. And really get break broken down. And I think that's probably why you feel so strongly about
2: helping other people do this. Um, yeah. Just like, let's just navigate so- that a little bit. Yeah, so, so you know, to back it up and, and kind of touch on a few of the things, you know, the early the early conversation here. As far as other people go, like one of the things that I try and do when when I'm writing is 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 to use use my story but from someone else's perspective and, and see how this can help help other people. Like that's been my goal since day one is to say, okay, what, you know, I don't I don't give a shit about you. How can you help other people do what they need to do? And so for me, as I was coming up, like, you know, you and I, back when we were kids, like we didn't have Facebook and the World Wide web and all this different stuff, or, you know, maybe, maybe I'm aging you more than I should be. But, you know, for me, like Facebook wasn't even a thing until I was coming out of college. So, you know, I was reading blogs about world travelers in my twenties and thirties, or, or maybe as early as 20, I started to see these 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 travel bloggers doing things around the world. So even the idea of, you know, this you know, influencer lifestyle or these nomadic people or, you know, all these these people out there in the world doing things that that didn't make sense to me at the time, like those didn't even approach, you know, my life until I was in my 20s. So, you know, nowadays, you know, somebody who is 15, 20, 25 years old, they've grown up seeing these people and seeing social media. So it's almost like, you know, that's that's a real thing. It exists. Whereas as I was coming up, nobody was holding my hand. Nobody was teaching me how to travel. And I think there's a lot of people that that are in their 20s, 30s, 40s who don't associate with that idea of just having traveled your whole life like you talked about. And the further along you get and and when you don't start traveling, the more you get in this comfort zone or this fear zone of. It's harder and harder for me to actually get started. And that's kind of where I was at in my 20s and 30s was I was starting to learn about all of these things and read about all these opportunities and, and start to understand that there's alternative travel and a and budget travel and that the rest of the world can cost a lot less compared to what we think travel costs because you know we were viewing everything through our us bubble of you know travel that is, is expensive and traveling across the us is expensive like i can tell you that <laughs> i've done it um so you know there are all these factors at play and i think a lot of people who haven't traveled they're like you said with the, you know, the beanstalk analogy like there's it, it becomes this bigger and bigger monster the more and more you put it off so for me I was learning all of these things but i still wasn't putting them into action and you know late late 20s turning 30 i tried my first couch surf uh, i was 28 years old 30 years old i tried my first um hostel. um it was still five six seven years later before i even started to really chip things off because i am wildly analytical so i get in my own head i overthink everything so you know, I look at the good side, the bad side and everything in the middle, and that turns into analysis paralysis. And then it turns into indecision and I'm not making any moves. So it took me a long time to finally have this epiphany that I was, I was literally sitting at my mom's house at 37 or 38 years old. And I felt like when I tell the story, I feel like I'm I'm recalling a story from when I was like 13 and having girl troubles and talking to my mom, but in reality I was 37 and I was having like a midlife crisis and I was talking to my mom. Um, And I'm like, you know, I had a website at the time and it was called the digital nomad. And it was, you know, about trying to help people become a digital nomad and and I'm talking to her and I'm like, mom, I don't even know what a digital nomad is. Like I feel so fake right now. I'm trying to to do this thing and help people, but I don't even know what this content or what this thing is. It's kind of, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel right. It's more like an experiment. It's like a it's like a nomad experiment. And then like ding ding like all the ding ding, everything went off like explosions, fireworks. And I was like, wait a second. And the second I started framing everything that I was trying to do and as an experiment, like every new travel experience or every change in my personal life to downsize my life or buying a van or take buying a one-way trip to someplace or you know, getting a tooth pulled in Budapest, like I started viewing <laughs> all of those things as experiments. And the moment I did that, it really opened up my world because then I didn't have to overthink every little thing. I could really look at it like, you know what? Just try this. It it doesn't have to be black or white, good or bad, right or wrong. It's merely a fact-finding mission, just like experiments are. You You do an experiment, you find some things out, and then you do another experiment and rinse and repeat. And the other thing that it helps do is it disarms people around you who don't understand why you act like you might be losing your mind or going off the deep end. It's like, no, I'm just, I'm just trying a little experiment and you know, I'm going to do this for a week, give it a try. And I'll go back and then it it tends to disarm your family. It disarms your friends, you know, as a, as a mid thirties guy who was like selling off all of my possessions over the course of five years and eventually sold my house and bought a van and and built out a Jeep and traveled across the U S like these are all very uncomfortable things for a lot of my family and friends. And that mentality, it kind of disarmed them until they could see what I was trying to do. And it might've taken six months or a year or two years, but finally they came around to go, Oh, I didn't understand what you were doing at first, but now I get it and I'm kind of digging it. Um, so, you know, this whole experiment mindset, I think, is something that I really try and get people to reframe, especially super analytical people or people that are, you know, paralyzed by fear. You know, some people don't like the word fear, but, you know, fear can be a good thing, fear is an important thing. Um, you know, fear is one of those words where if you have too much pride, you don't want to use that word. But, you know, it's a real thing. And, you know, you just kind of got to deal with it. So, you know, by putting fear aside and being like, you know what, I'm just going to try this little experiment, move forward. Um, that's one of the things I think that can help a lot of new travelers. You know, just there is a ton to do when you've never done anything, you know, and when, people ask me, where are you going to travel next? I'm like, I don't care where I'm going to travel next. I've only been to so many places. Like there's a million places (laughs) out there I could go. Like, where's the cheapest one I can go to? Let me not overthink this. And so, uh, so yeah, that, you know, you, you were talking about the, you know, the overwhelm and things like that. So that's how I overcame it. And that's how I continue to overcome it is, you know, especially with COVID, uh, you know, we've been kind of hunkered down for about a year now in the States, I sold my house six months later. I'm back in the United States. Um, and and I'm starting to almost retract. I'm getting less comfortable with all of the comfort zone that I had crashed before because now I haven't been traveling, you know, in, in nine, 12 months. And now I have to kind of reframe my, my own stuff and say, all right, dude, you've done this before. It's getting scary again. But let's just start back at the beginning. What's your next experiment?
0: Dude, the experiment thing is really, it's a really good word to use for it. Because it's like the permission to explore beyond what this this fear is. And for me, it's usually about surrendering and letting go of expectations. Uh, Every time I'm doing an experiment, and really my life is an experiment. Once you start traveling and once you start trying to work for yourself, you really, actually, I mean, I think pretty much all of your life as a child, except for when you're, you're piled you know, rules and things on top of you by other people, and you learn to live within those rules, uh, that can be really crippling. But when, when you're actually doing stuff based off your excitement or your curiosity, like curiosity will always lead you to this, these little mini experiments, like, how does this make me feel? How does this person make me feel? When I travel here? What did I feel like? What did I experience? And it ends up being like this miraculous test. It's like this big experiment. It's just, that's such a good word. And when you're talking about your family, it was hitting some points for me because I remember going through that and like everyone talking about how they were scared. My dad losing his shit because I was leaving my job and like my boss losing his shit, telling me I was crazy and entrepreneurs can't really make it. And I'd be back in the industry before I knew it. And all of these things that you you try not to listen to, but you you sort of respect them because you're like, well, these people are older and like they have wisdom and maybe they're right. Maybe I can't do this, um, but it's it's not. It's like them judging you for that is just a fear of their own that they never worked through throughout their life. And as you were talking about, when I started making my transition and making things work through these little mini experiments, man, yeah. I started to all of a sudden see these people that were, very resistant to me doing something like that, start to get very curious themselves. And it kind of creates a permission for them to start maybe trying some stuff also. So we there's a reason why minus all of the ones that are fueled off of like, you know, girls just putting on like thongs and taking pictures of their buttholes and putting it on Instagram being like, check out where I traveled. And being like, oh, look at all these people that like that I traveled here when really it's just a bunch of creepy dudes clicking like because you're in the thong showing your butthole. Away from those types of influencers, there's a reason why travel influencers, I hate that word too, people that do travel like lifestyle stuff on the internet for a living, there's a reason why they have success because everyone wants to vicariously live through that. And that vicariousness is a drive of like, oh, I really would like to explore that myself. But since you're doing it, this is cool too. And I'm interested in it. It's, it's a little bit of a tick of like permission. Oh, other people can do this. I want to do it too. Um, how does your, how does this system, this, this, uh, how does this journal, this book, what what would even be the correct word for it? It's, I guess you're calling it a book, but it's really, it does have exercises that work people through this fear. And so alignment. that's,
2: yeah, that's one of the reasons that I'm I'm glad to be talking to you about it because obviously you have, you know, the happiness uh journal and you and I our minds work very similarly. Like we write the way we talk. We're both, you know, jackasses with sailor mouths and, you know, f-bomb here and there. <laughs> you know, you know, we we believe in a similar mentality which is, you know, tough love helps, but you know, you also get more bees with honey. So, how do we balance those those two things? So, this book is is all of that. in in one, this book is kind of a, it's a combination beginner traveler, uh, how to step-by-step it's a combination workbook and journal, you know, to, to make sure that this is customized for the reader. So it's not just about, you know, me telling somebody how to do stuff. It's, it's, it's how can you build the proper travel life for yourself based on your own wants, needs, you know, And, and, and so there's a lot of exercises throughout the book. One of the things that you were just making me think about is, so this book is not just like words on a page. It's not like some fiction book where it's literally just page after page of words. Like I'm a graphic designer by trade. And I, and I want, you know, when I pick up a book, I want it to just engage me immediately. And I want the graphics to engage me. And I want the, the tone of the book to be like, man, I don't want to put this thing down. So that's what I'm trying to create for other people. So, So right now I'm actually doing the actual page layout design for the entire book. Uh, I'll be sending this out to print in a few weeks. So, so all the manuscript is done, but now it's, how do I make this thing engaging? And I was just working on the section about finding the people in your life that are either going to be your cheerleaders or the ones that are potentially going to detract from this journey and making sure that you can identify them, you know, no, no disrespect, to whoever falls into those categories, but we need to make sure we understand who's going to build us up and who might end up breaking us down so that we can align ourselves in the right direction. So I was literally just designing that page of, you know, those pages of, you know, how do you find the five or six people in your life that you definitely want to talk to, talk to them deeply about this or say, Hey, do you want to be on this journey with me? And then the five or, you know, five or 10 people, it's like, okay, you're going to have to deal with these folks in a different way. You might want to wait a little bit of time while you build some momentum and you get some experiments into your, into your pocket. Um, But it's funny, you know, my old, my, one of my first coworkers was the one who went and traveled Europe for uh, eight months on $17,000 with him and his wife. Uh, That was one of the first people that I saw in my actual sphere of people doing this. And um, the boss that I had at that particular design firm, like, I had a mental breakdown five years ago and i remember sitting in a parking lot not far from where i'm standing right now talking to my old boss who hasn't been my boss for 10 years and he's like dude i can't believe you haven't sold your stuff and gone on and moved out to colorado you know these were my cheerleaders um so they weren't uh they didn't have a problem with what i was doing but you know the conversation about your father that resonates with me big time me and my dad uh, let's see it would have been about four years ago 3 years ago i had i had finally cut ties with all of my clients because they were all dependent on me being in charlotte north carolina and i i wanted a life of location independence and i wanted to be able to move around the world and that meant cutting ties with my clients that that were making me stay in one spot and i remember having a conversation with my dad 8 months later on christmas all my all my money had run out my clients were gone i was trying to rebuild i was pretty much you know, right at that line of like so much discomfort and fear of, you know, did I make a bad decision, but things were starting to go, you know, move back up. This was right before I went to Mexico for the first time, actually. But my dad and I were having this conversation and he, he just looks at me. He goes, he goes, aren't you just like stressed and scared all the time? And he's like, aren't you worried about going broke or, you know, this side or the other? And I'm like, yeah, dad. I'm like, but I was stressed and scared the whole time five years ago. And I was stressed and scared the whole time 10 years ago. And I'm like, and I'm like, by the way, I was broke five years ago and I'm broke 10 years ago and I'm broke right now. Like I would much rather go after this thing that lights my soul on fire and, and take chances on that than to stay where I was with, 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 with similar fear and trepidation. Um, and so I remember my dad, you know, he was one of the he was just really fearful for his kid. Like whether I was 38, 39 years old or not, I'm still his kid and he wor- he worries about me. So that's where these people are coming from. Yeah, it's Honestly, a lack like, of compassion. I don't mean, understand.
0: It's coming. It's from a lack fashion. of understanding.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's coming from a good place. It's just, you know, they don't understand what you're doing and they want, they want what's best for you and they want you to be safe. They just don't necessarily understand the angles that you're coming from. Um, so, yeah, this, you know. The family, the friends, the the pressures that you get when you start to do something really against the mainstream or against you know the status the status quo, uh, it can be tough. So you really do have to align yourself with the right people. So you mentioned location indie and you know uh, Travis Moore and, and Jason or, or Jason Moore and Travis <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> um, you know these these podcasts with these communities of people who had a similar mindset. I didn't have anyone around me in my immediate sphere who was thinking the same way I was. So it wasn't until It literally wasn't until I joined Location Indie, that was, it was shortly after that that I cut ties with my clients because I had listened to the podcast for years. Um, Probably two years prior, I had started listening to all those podcasts. But then I finally joined that community. And once I was in there for a few months with all of these people and I was starting to have these relationships with people with similar mindsets, I was like, okay, you know, I just got a a super boost forward and I really got to start taking these steps. And that's when I started to, really changed my life um, to, to give myself the potential to continue going down the roads I was going down. And, and that makes, you know, I, I know you and I are kind of riffing right now. That brings me to something else. I think a lot of people, <clears throat> I'll, I'll speak from my own experience, but I think a lot of people, they're concerned about changing directions and they're concerned about what other people are going to think if they change directions right now. And then they're concerned about, well, if I change direction right now, and then I change directions in four months, people are going to be look at me and go, well, you 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 told me four months ago, you were doing this thing. And now you're doing this completely opposite thing. That used to scare the heck out of me because I didn't want to be seen as this, you know, uh, flighty person who <clears throat> didn't know what I was doing with my life or this side or the other. First of all, it's that's all bullshit. No one, was, no one knows what they're doing with their lives. They're all just winging it. I mean, I don't care if I don't care if it's a person making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year or somebody making twenty five thousand dollars a year. We're all just trying to figure it out. Um, some people just put on a better facade than others. Um, so, so yeah, there's you know there's another disarming thing that I think we need to do for ourselves and to say, <clears throat> let me just keep trying things. And you know I hate to keep hitting on this word experiment, but it's it is such a strong word. But let me keep ex- experimenting with things and trying things until I really can truly say, yes, this is a direction for me or no, this is a, this is not a direction for me and feel the freedom to change whenever you feel comfortable changing. I told people throughout these past five or six years, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing until it doesn't feel right. And then I'll do something else, whether that takes three weeks, three months, or three years. If I choose to sell off all my belongings and go travel the world. And then two years later, I say, you know what, this isn't working for me. I'm going to go back to my default life, having a house in Charlotte, North Carolina, that's fine. You've explored it. You've, you've, yeah, at least, you know, attempted this. You, <laughs> yes. is no longer conjecture. It's, it's how can you do these experiments and not base all your decisions on conjecture. And I'm pretty sure I'll like van life or I'm pretty sure I'll like, you know, backpacking or things like that. Give it a try for a little while. Go buy a van, give it a try, sell the damn van, go, you know, live out of a backpack for two weeks in Oregon and, and, and see if that works for you. And it does, okay, now let's try it over in Mexico and keep doing those things until you find your comfort zone or you you find that limit to what you want to do. So I think that's another important thing for people to keep in mind is you know, when we're growing up, we, we really do take a lot of pressure from those people outside of us. And it, and it takes a really long time for you to find your own identity and to not be swayed by society. Uh, I've luckily gotten to a point in the past three or four years where I'm like, you know, screw you society. I'm doing my thing. And, and until I can figure that out, like, I don't, I don't care what anybody else thinks. Um, hell I swore off women for like two years because I was like, man, I can't be in a relationship, if I don't even know what the uh, hell I'm doing. Yeah, um, solid you know? I'm
0: solid is the only yes, way bro. The, <laughs> telling you. Yeah.
2: Well, but, uh, so yeah, it's, 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 you know, there's just a lot of tools in this book, um, that, you know, they, they came from my five or six years, of putting thing of, of going beyond inaction and doing actionable things to, to push my comfort zone and expand my comfort zone and to just chunk off one little thing at a time and to grow. And that's what this book is all about is, you know, starting from the beginning, let's, let's just build up all of these, this toolbox and arsenal as it comes to travel, as it comes to family life alliances. Um, this is an adulting book, this is a travel book This is a, you know, an emotional, mental, financial dive into the different pieces of your life because none of us, you know, we are all multifaceted. There's, I can't just be like, here's a travel book. It's going to teach you about travel there. You'll be fine. No, because you have emotional things that are going to come in there. You have, you know, financial things, you have physical things. These all work together. So, you know, this book covers all of these different areas of your life to make sure that if you do choose to turn travel from a hobby into a full-time thing, you've got everything touched on. Yes. Yeah,
0: dude. All yeses. I, I think it was really important to talk about. I mean, we were just, when we were talking about the the progress of working through people, your support system, right? And then how it, that kind of shifts on its head when they see you doing something that, that really lights you up. That's so important. Um, And it can be included in so many different systems for somebody who, who wants to, I, I love that you're including that in a book for people who are scared of traveling, right? Because it's always going to show up. And I think probably there's probably very few travel books out there that address these types of things. But these are the real fears and the real, the real resistance gremlins that keep people from traveling. It's not like, oh, I don't know how to get there. I don't know. I, I'm scared of getting on a plane. It, it really is more emotional stuff that is blocking us from doing these things that we re- are curious about and love. What else... So let's just talk directly about the, the systems and other strategies that are in this book. Now, for if I was somebody who maybe had traveled just a little bit, or was scared and hadn't traveled at all, or was curious and not even really scared, but like I'm just looking for more support on the, how to figure out how to travel. Um, what other kind of strategies do you walk people through in this in this book?
2: So, so to touch on those. Um, so the way this, this book is broken up, um, this kind of answers your question. And, and, and so there's, there's essentially five, uh, five or six sections in this book. If you, if you count the introduction, um, <clears throat> there is the first section is getting your mind right. And that is all about the, the, the more mental hurdles and things like that, kind of starting to set you up for success as we get into things. The next one is, you know, it's called nothing personal, but let's get personal. And that's about these more personal struggles, the family, the friends, um, <clears throat> the you know the words that you're using, the you know tracking your monumentous moments and looking at your life <clears throat> to find out where these major turning points might have been and where the major turning points uh, that are happening right now or in the future are going to be. There's the let's get traveling already section, which really deep dives, and that's the majority of this book. Is you know if you're starting from scratch with travel, what do you need to know? You know passports, visas, uh, you know, figuring out where you want to go, why you want to go there, why you don't want to go there and and overcoming some of these misconceptions that the media or things like that may have uh, planted in your brain over your life. You know, things like fear of travel and how to overcome that and language and currency and um, all sorts of different things in the travel (laughs) section there. Uh, There's a section called get your financial shit straight because like I said, you know, you can... You can start traveling, but if you don't know how to manage your financial shit in your normal life, you're not going to be able to manage it when you're traveling, and that's you know all of that's a recipe for disaster long term. This isn't a deep dive book about finances, but I do have to touch on those things because it's important to all of us. I was fifty thousand dollars in debt when I was twenty eight years old, and I realized that my my life was really fucked up because of that, and I had to I decided at that moment that. I didn't want to bring that debt into any relationships in the future or you know that was really the basis for me getting rid of it and you know I'm still single so that didn't work out but you know <laughs> in 4 years in 4 years I paid off $50,000 worth of debt and I was making $30,000 a year living in a in one of the biggest cities in the US so I know that how difficult it can be when you're crippled by debt but I also know that it's possible to get out of that and I see from both sides like from the other side now I'm like wow this really opened up my opportunities And now it's one of the most important things to me. So, you know, the section on, you know, getting your financial shit straight and talking about number one, your personal finances, your travel finances, but also starting to look at money around the world. You know, we're coming from a strong currency, you know, no matter what fluctuations it's had lately, the US dollar is really strong. And when we go spend that money around the world, we can get so much more and experience so much more and actually help people around the world by, you know, paying them more money uh, than, than we, than we, you know, whenever I go tip in a different country, I tip 30, 40% instead of 20% just because it's so easy for me to do that. And I can see that I'm, I'm helping a culture other than my own. Like, so anyways, there, you know, there's this financial section and then there's the let's get physical section and it deals with, you know, your physical belongings and how those can affect travel and whether that's owning a home or renting an apartment or moving into a van or, you know, move into a, a carry-on only lifestyle or starting to use some of these digital nomad tools to minimize your physical footprint and maximize more of a digital footprint to then give you more room to move. Um, you know, that's what that physical section. And then there's, you know, the last section is, is, is next travel, next level travel going full nomad. And that really starts to touch on Remote working, which obviously with COVID and people working from home, a lot a lot of people are really just starting to see the possibility there, and they're starting to see, wow, I can do my job from anywhere, but they're going to make me go back to work sometime soon, and I may not want to do that. You know, how how could I turn this into a life lifelong thing? Um, so you know, that section is about taking all of these kind of beginner travel tools and starting to look at what real life full time traveling nomads do um, to maximize their time traveling around the world, like looking at the Schengen zone or looking at places where you can go for a year without even getting a visa. And, you know, it costs you a third of the, you know, cost of living in the U S. So, um, it gets into these deep dive, some of these bigger tools that places? Yeah. <laughs> Got to get the book, brother. No, this is all, <laughs> it, it is all very
0: interesting. Po- I mean, points and and like, there's so many things that you can learn and how different it is in all these different places. I mean, even like over tipping in, in some places and then other places, you know, you could go to a country where tipping is not customary. And if you tip, it's actually insulting mm-hmm. to them. Yep. So there's just these <laughs> things that you learn at being, and everyone does it. It's not just about like you coming from one p- particular place and going to another place. It's like, it doesn't matter where you start, what country you were born in, where you go, it's always going to be a different experience for you. And you have to learn these things mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember asking my mom three or four years ago and this is part of the reason this this book came to be, it was not, not only because I was going through all of these things myself, but because I knew that other people had to be going through similar things. Um, my mom, a couple of years ago, she was, she was, her, her, her mom wanted to go visit you know, my mom's sister in, in Arizona. And my mom was, was not, she didn't want to go. And I'm like, why don't you want to go? And she, my mom lives up in Ohio. I'm like, "Why well, why aren't you going to go? And she's like, she's like, I haven't been in an airport in 15 years. Like that was her answer immediate. <laughs> I haven't been in an airport. In 15 so I years. should just continue and, to not do it. <laughs> exactly. And that, you know, I knew, I kind of knew that the answer would had to be something fear-based. It had to be something you know, with trepidation in, in at the root of it. And, and she proved to me that there are a lot of people out there now, granted my mom, you know, 57, 58 years old at that time. But I just think there's a lot of people who they have these hurdles and, you know, one hurdle is not a big one, but when you stack 10 or 20 of them up in front of you, it's like, I'm not even going to run this race. And that's just not acceptable. Like, how can I create something here? That's That's going to, you know, every, every section of this book may not be for somebody, but there's going to be a lot of sections in here where it's like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I need right now. I, I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe there's anything new in this book. I have this, I have this idea of life is that there's not a lot of new things. Like anything you say right now, or I say right now, it's not really new. It's just through a different filter. And somebody may have heard this thing that you're saying 10 times, but the way that you are saying it is what they needed to hear. Those other 10 people that said it, it didn't resonate with them. So how can you be the person that brings that message to them? So, you know, I'm, I'm just bringing all this stuff that I've learned from other people along the way and I'm putting it into my voice to hope that that resonates with somebody at the time that they need it.
0: Yeah, dude. It's all about like the way that you can creatively curate something in your own manner and warp it. And, and yeah, there's certain people I, I, I just really understand and resonate with their style of teaching or the stuff that they share, or the language that they use. And it allowed me to discover myself and how I can have this voice and how I can write in the way that I write and being comfortable with fully being this weird fucking like giraffe pasty gringo thing that wakes up and like, breathes uncontrollably in this weird breathwork state and meditates. I mean, from the outside, it's like, what the fuck's going on? But like, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being myself because I had these types of people and anyone who's, who is teaching or, or discovering, it's so important just to be yourself because it is so true that there are people out there that will resonate with you specifically. And they cross your path in life for a reason. You know, the universe does miraculous things. And the question is, are you paying attention? Are you being aware that they're there? Are you paying attention to synchronicities? Or are you staring at your phone, walking down the street and walking right past that potential fiance or right past that potential person that was going to tell you about something that would change the course of your life forever. And the more that we're paying attention and expanding and having conversations with strange people, traveling the world in strange places, the more likely we're going to be Dialed into synchronicity and opportunity. If you're not walking through that door, you're giving yourself zero chance of having an opportunity. But if you open that door and you go and you get on that plane or you jump on the kayak and you know go on that adventure, like you're you're opening yourself to opportunity to meet new people, to explore new places. And that is the main form of education and I think grit that we get in life. It's like that's the blood. Right. That's how you get. You're going to have shitty, shitty times sometimes, but you're going to have super, super high highs. No matter which one it is, you're learning and you're growing. And you're understanding that life has all these different um, phases. It doesn't have to just be that one where I don't go to the airport for 15 years and continue that trend. It can be one where I don't go to the airport for 15 years and then all of a sudden I'm at the airport 50 times in one year. So Mm -hmm. I'm happy that you're creating this. And you're helping guide people through the process. All of those sections sounds very relevant, so it's exciting that you've been able to curate this in your own creative way. Um, how did I guess? Just in closing, how how has it felt for you to really navigate? Um, oh, let's see how I want to I want to say this. What is it? What is it? How how has it been to feel like? just transitioning your life completely into something different and how you now that you're on the other side of of traveling a little bit and you're getting into more of it obviously and helping other people do the same thing what has been the biggest impact or the biggest most impactful experiment I should say that you've that you've gone through that that has really changed you for the good
2: so so you, at the beginning of this conversation, you asked a question. I don't know that I actually answered it. And, and so now I can answer it because you, 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 kind of touched back on it. The actual reason that I wanted to travel and the reason that I chose to start being active instead of passive about this was it hadn't, it had very little to do with, um, I didn't want to grow up and be a, Cranky old man that just yelled at people from my doorstep. And I saw <laughs> that starting to happen. Rest in because... peace, grandpa. <laughs> uh, my grandpa wasn't that guy, but I you know, you know that guy Dude, that we are talking about. It's the mine was
0: for <laughs> sure. He would <was> just <laughs> oh, scream nice. at everyone no matter what they were doing, just because they were doing it wrong in some fashion. <laughs>
2: like, yeah, yeah. And and so here's the thing: I have this theory that you know, if you don't actively keep pressing against your comfort zone and expanding that and trying new experiences that you retract and you, and, and, and things get smaller and your world gets smaller. And, and this theory, I, I think I kind of got this by watching my grandparents and watching a lot of grandparents and older people who tend to, you know, the people that I was watching as they got older, their worlds got smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, you know, if they did travel, they started traveling to the resort more, or they started traveling to say, well, you know, quote unquote, safer and safer places for them. Um, and then, you know, they get a nice house, they stay there, and then they only go to that one grocery store. And then they only go to those few places within a mile or two of their home. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're getting into their sixties and seventies and their world has gotten so small. And, and that is reflected in the way they view the world. And I saw that happening, you know, to these people who were 20 or 30 years older than me. And I saw where my life was tracking. And I was like, dude, you need to fix this. Like you need to open your horizons. You need to open your mind and, and your perceptions of the, of the world and get over this negative you know, news media about different countries and negative this and negative that, that have in, you know, kind of instilled them in you. And you kind of go prove those things wrong or else you're going to end up in a place you don't want to end up on these days. And that's where this started for me. I was like, dude, if you don't wanna end up there, you better do something about it. And that's really where you know this, this, this urge to travel came from. And then once I started doing it, I did start breaking down those misconceptions about people around the world and countries around the world and, and fear and, and danger in travel. Like I just started breaking down all of those barriers. So that's the answer to your question is simply doing it The perpetuation of this trip after this trip or or traveling now full time, that is the biggest thing to me because I see me turning into a better person eventually or with every time that I go and travel and every time that I open myself up to somebody who I don't understand or, you know, just learn about the fact that the rest of the world runs in a very similar way to the way that we do. You know, most people love, want to be loved, and they want good for their family. That's just about it. Like 99.9% of the people want those core things, and then there's this little tiny speck of 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 just generally bad people out there. And if you stay out of the dark alleys and you stay in the, out of the wrong side of the town, you're you're probably not going to run into many yeah. of those folks. We pray um, for them. So, <laughs> yeah. So you know, that's the biggest thing. It's just I think that if we if we don't do this if we don't travel and we don't force ourselves to overcome some of these misconceptions about, about the rest of the world, we're going to, we're going to pay in the long run and we're going to pay with a, with a smaller life. We're going to pay with a smaller ability to help others around us and just be open and and empathetic and, and all these different things. And and the more that you can travel, the more you're opening up those things. And that's, that's what I've seen, you know, between 30 and 40 years old, the biggest changes now, I am an evangelist for travel because it opens people's minds and its hearts. And I think we know that. I mean, we knew that. We read that all the time. But you you can't you can't base everything on conjecture. You have to go do it. And once you you start doing it, you go, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. You just got to go out there and try it. And that's that's the biggest thing for me is, you know, now I just encourage people to do it because I think it's so important, especially as we live in a world that is closer and closer with social media and, you know, things being in front of our face immediately compared to 10, 20 years ago, um, we really need to open our minds up that, you know, we are all the same. We just talk different and look a little bit differently, but at the, at the core, we're all the same. So let's go out there and, you know, experience it. And uh, so, yeah.
0: Dude, it was, that I was blowing. I was like, whoa, fuck. When you were talking about the elders and, and looking at grandparents or the, an older generation and and seeing them allow their world to get smaller and smaller and mm-hmm. thinking about you know the traditional way that you would take care of or being around elders in like a ceremonial type space or a, a culture that really truly valued the generations uh, you know, you're really doing everything that you can to learn from elders and to take their wisdom. And they are probably the most expansive of any of the groups, right? They've done the most, they've seen the most. And eventually there could be a time where you want to, you want to slow down and you don't really want to move much, but we're seeing that er- happen earlier and earlier. Like people are getting to a certain age and, and I get, you know, I, I kind of, I don't get it because I'm not a baby boomer, but I kind of get the reason why they all are very, not all of them, but the majority of them are very like skeptical of travel and they they just had a different draw. And because of the sacrifices that they made, our generation has had a lot more opportunity to do travel, and the advancements of technology and stuff like that. But holy shit, like, as you get older and older, will you allow your world to get smaller and smaller? Or will you continue to expand and grow? And I always think like, I I value experience over materials, right? Which is why we if I get into a relationship, I want it to be focused around, like, I don't want us to buy each other gifts. Like I want to provide experiences because that is what allows expansion and growth. And I think the greatest form of experience is to travel and, and navigate to places that you've never been and meet people that you've never met. And that's how you keep yourself from allowing your world to get smaller and smaller. So man, good stuff. Uh, heatharmstrong.com forward slash robo it's robo to help support this let's push this let's push it up you have like what 450 more dollars till it gets funded or something which is incredible yeah it's so congratulations yeah, it's, it, on that it, by the way it's gonna get there thank you
2: I learned everything I learned about exterior illumination from you my friend um well, <laughs> honestly like you know you've helped you've helped me with the Kickstarter a couple other people have helped me you know understand that platform and <clears throat> it is a great platform yeah we're almost there uh the goal is 6500 and you know we're over 6 thousand right now with. have about eight or nine days left. Uh, and, you know, now it's a but matter of- Don't wait.
0: Of, don't wait till the eighth day. No, now. Now, now it's a matter of the
2: stretch goal. <laughs> it's a matter of the stretch goals and, and, and getting to the really fun part where we can see how, how many people we can touch with this uh, project. So
0: What people, for anyone who's not familiar with like crowdfunding on Kickstarter, particularly, if you don't hit your goal, you don't get any of that funding. So if, if Jason doesn't get to 6,500, then they will not give him any of the money. So it's important to, to surge that past the, uh, the goal. And then hopefully to stretch goals and all of that. And I don't know, I man, that's a huge success and I, I'm, I'm glad to see that pop up and happy that you were able to join me. I actually have, feel like I could talk to you about a lot of other <laughs> things, honestly. Um, I think just the last thing I want to cover b- before we bounce is cause I sort of touched on it earlier is, um, what it was like for you to to get that diagnosis of being a type one diabetic Mm -hmm. and and how you were able to overcome instead of shutting yourself down and being like, well, I need to be in an area where I can get it directly to my doctors or I can do this or that I can't ever travel again. And I think of Jason Kane a lot when we talk about this because of his medical issues, not diabetic, Mm -hmm. but like he lives in Spain and he legitimately has to fly back to the United States every two weeks to do blood transfusions and things because of his condition and it doesn't keep him from living in spain though he loves it there right he loves being in that area he loves traveling around freely in europe and all of these amazing things and so it doesn't allow it doesn't allow him to it doesn't cripple him i should say he doesn't allow it to cripple him um i think it's important to just ask the question because you didn't allow it to cripple you as well and you're moving through it um how has that felt to be able to to push through yeah.
2: So, you know, the important thing you use, the word you just use is, is, is moving. You know, I haven't moved through it. Uh, you know, it's, this yeah. is one of those diagnosis that is, you know, this is the rest of your life type of thing. So, you know, to give, to give people the quick backstory and, and yeah, you and I could talk for days because honestly, we didn't really talk about much except for the book and, and stuff today. You know, that I have a ton of crazy stories from the past three or four years of growth. Um, but essentially, so for two years, I, I challenged myself to, uh, not, sl- I, I had a house in Charlotte, North Carolina. I challenged myself not to sleep in my bed the first year for a quarter of the year, which was 92 days. Cause this was me pushing myself outside of my, my comfort zone to say, okay, if you really want to travel long-term, how can you, you know, make sure that you actually enjoy travel. So first year was 92 days the the next year I did a third year, which was 122 days. And after that, you know, I, I have this theory of you need to keep pushing your, you're, uh, if, you, if you stagnate, you're no longer making progress. Like if you just do the same thing you did last year, or this year, then then you're stagnating and you're not making progress. So how can I continue to move that needle? Well, after that second year, I just didn't want my house anymore. I, I found out that my comfort zone was actually traveling. And so I sold my house, uh, I literally on a February 16th, I was like, you know what, I'm done with this. And I, I put it on the market a couple of weeks later, I sold it in May, 2019. So May 2019, I was like, all right, let's start this, this life of nomadic travel. So I drove across the U S for two months. I went over to Europe for two months. um, And then I ended up going to to, uh, Mexico for a couple of months and then uh, COVID-19 happened. (laughs) So that was 2020 uh, last year and COVID-19 happened. So I came back to the States the fall of last year. So about six months ago, I was diagnosed uh, type one diabetic and so essentially you know my eyesight went to shit i was you know drinking a, a gallon and a half of water every day uh i lost 20 pounds in 30 days you know all sorts of other fun things that happened you know at the beginning of this and i was diagnosed type 1 di- diabetic and i and i completely i lost my shit i mean i i went into zombie mode for about 4 weeks i i could barely get any work done cuz i'm you know i'm single so i'm doing this all myself and you know getting a diagnosis like that in a doctor's office off the cuff, not knowing what you were going to be told, you know, it tends to shut you down a little bit. Um, so, so I really just had to, you know, sit with that for a little bit and, and figure it out. I really thought that, you know, I thought my world was over. I thought this whole travel dream was just, you know, done. I, I figured I was going to go into financial ruin um, because, you know, this, you know, diagnosis like this is not a cheap one. Um, all of these things just kind of started crashing in on me and I needed a minute to to, to figure things out. And, you know, luckily because I had some, some good friends who let me, you know, let me work, work through some conversations with them and just kind of were there for me. I also had some friends that let me go stay at one of their houses for a week by myself and just decompress and, and have some alone time. Um, I came to the other side of that and I was like, all right, dude, like <laughs> you're not going to give up. You're not going to, you know, none of those things are options. So Let's figure out what's next and, and that what next what's next for me was okay, you have a platform already it may not be like followed by a million people or anything but you have a platform now you have another opportunity to help some people that might be going through the same thing that you're going through the same way that I was trying to learn how to travel or, and still you know moving through that I'm gonna be moving through this thing for the rest of my life and, and figuring out how to travel with it so let's see if I can possibly help some people with that so so number one I, I said, you know, let's include this in the conversation. I don't want the conversation to change to to just be about my diabetes because I don't want to have that identity. but let's include that in the conversation and when you know, and let's be an advocate for people that don't understand anything about diabetes, type 1, type 2 or anything. Um, let's just add this to the conversation list so that so that I can kind of put that out in the world a little bit more. And then now it is really just a matter of, rinsing and repeating all the stuff that we've already talked about. Like this is just another experiment. It's a, it's a forced experiment. And I don't, I don't get to get rid of it, but you know, I'm not going to stop traveling. I got to figure out how to do it. You know, the easiest thing for me right now is to say, you know, there aren't just type one diabetics in the United States. Like there are type one diabetics around the world and they are alive and thriving and able to live their lives. So while it's going to be difficult for me to figure out the logistics the reality is, is that there are people around the world that, that are figuring out the logistics. You know, there is a financial uh, aspect. There's an emotional, there's a mental aspect. Just start chipping it down and working through it. Start factoring in more time to my travel to deal with this extra, you know, hiccup. But yeah, right now, you know, I'm just trying to get back out there. Um, I finally got, you know, <laughs> I have two pre pre-existing conditions now. So I was able to get my vaccines a little bit earlier and now I'm ready to get back you know, travel in the world. Um, diabetics do have a four times higher likelihood of being hospitalized if they get COVID with you know major complications. So, having known that, I I have played it safe until I got vaccinated, and now it's really just a matter of um, you know having enough supplies with me whenever I do travel to get through a couple of months at a time, and then when I am traveling abroad really doing the research and stopping at pharmacies and and finding a pharmacist that might speak English and and just talking about my situation as a traveler from the U S and how I can do that in, in certain countries around the world. Uh, to be honest, you know, my, my insulin is made in Germany. It's like, Oh, well, (laughs) I I guess if I travel to Germany, I shouldn't have too much trouble getting my (laughs) insulin. And so, I mean, there's just these things that you don't think about until you're, you're forced to think about them. And now it's a matter of how can I frame this in a way that it doesn't impede me the way that my body wanted to shut down and my brain wanted to shut down and just go into a hole. It's like, no, that's not an option. So, you know, what's your next option? Let's just figure it out. Amazing, man. Beautiful.
0: Where, where can people find you?
2: So it the nomadexperiment.com, uh, it's the word the nomadexperiment.com and then honestly Instagram same uh handle the nomad experiment uh i use instagram you'll not see me in a thong uh on instagram i promise <laughs> come uh, on man i i really love photography so i i love you know showing that um to people but you know i really don't like that whole you word influencer thong or <laughs> not that photography um I, I don't like that word influencer the same way you don't you know, whenever I put stuff up there, it's, it's, I want people to get value out of it. So, you know, I put up some excerpts from my stories, from my book um, and, you know, try and give people things that they can grow from instead of just pretty pictures. So Instagram's probably, you know, the best place. And then obviously the website, I have a lot of articles and uh, things like that, that people can follow.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Well, dude, I hope that you continue your day with maybe some, some Cheerios, maybe a couple Cheerios on your nipples. Maybe you can overcome your fear of putting pictures of yourself in a thong on your Instagram. Um, And without influencing anyone, I would love to influence you to go check out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the Kickstarter. Help us with this. Seriously, we're asking for help. I never really ask for to send you all anywhere on this show. I don't have advertisements or anything like that. Um, I believe in this because it was something that I would have wanted and used when I first started to travel. Uh, I remember talking to Jason Moore a little bit about, he had an idea of creating something similar many years ago. I don't think he ever did it. And I always thought it was a great idea to see you do this with your personality. I'm really proud of you. I'm I'm excited to see this actually have so much success. And yeah, man, for everyone else, Matios, great, deep gratitude. Have a wonderful day. have a wonderful
2: night. I appreciate you, brother.
1: There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, we'll build a factory of smells that we'll assemble with our minds and sell to earth.
0: That's kind of shit makes my nipples hard, makes me want to get myself a little sweet sugar puss popsicle, and lick on it all night
1: long, baby doll. Ooh-wee.
0: Well, why don't you go on over there to that uh, Kickstarter page, help help Robo out, get him a little funding. heatharmstrongcom forward slash Robo. That's R-O-B-O. Must I say it again? Everything else, all the show notes for this podcast are at heatharmstrong.com Heath can be contacted at HeathFishPumps on Instagram and uh, what if the fucking hokey pokey really is what it's all about, man, you know what I mean? Shit, my shit! Woo! Doggy! and night, keep your butthole tight. <laughs>